if you have your pantry stocked with grab foods, so I mean a can of black beans, some pre-washed greens, a few nuts and seeds, you know, you some tempeh or tofu or lentils, you know, you can put together something really fast. Hi, everyone. This is Diane Gilman, formerly known as the Queen of Jeans, but now the prod host of my own podcast, Too Young to Be Old. And speaking of Too Young to Be Old, I bet a lot of you are sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, that dreaded word, menopause, (laughs) is just a heartbeat away. You know, um, I want to introduce my guest in a moment, Nancy Leeds Gribble, who is an expert on menopause and how your diet, a plant-based diet, can make the landing so much softer and more comfortable. But I will tell you, um, and I'm 78 now, so you can imagine when I went into menopause, you didn't even mention the word. And I went to so many doctors, qualified doctors, and here was the mantra, tough it out. There's nothing for you here. Nothing that's going to take it away. Nothing that's going to make it better. Well, ha, now in 2023, actually going into 2024, new year, new you, we've got solutions. And here's the most important thing, Nancy. You got to be proactive in your own life. Now, I found hormone replacement. And 30 years later, I was still taking hormone replacement and I believe testosterone. And nobody said to me, uh, Diane, you know, that is probably going to cause cancer. And that is not something you can continue forever. No one said anything. You know, there comes a point where we as females have to take as much control of our female life as we can, especially in these days of Roe versus Wade going bye-bye, which tragic. And so I'm going to ask you, and this is a really big question, for sure when I went into menopause, and I went into it very young at about 43, um, I think it's a very stressful career brought that on. No one said anything to me about diet, especially plant-based diet. I mean, at that point, if you were successful in America, you had red meat on the table at least six nights a week. So Nancy, what makes a plant-based diet so important to bridging all of what can be really stressful events that menopause brings about. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So much to unpack there. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And it's so true. First, I just want to say what you said. It was like, there was the day it's like you hit close to fifties and right. It was all downhill. Like that's it. Game over. Your ovaries shut down. You shut down. Like that's it. And of course, the media and things are telling us that doctors are telling us that because it's what they know. And so we believe it. 
and then we act accordingly. And what's fabulous is now we know different. And now that we know different, we can do different. And that is really where we're finding that um, it, we really have so many years left and we have so much control over our body and how we are going to age and how we're going to age well. And I am plant-based vegan. And so whether someone is vegan or not, I encourage, I tell everyone, you've got to get more plants, whole foods into your body. It is one of the ways that you really can thrive through menopause. Our hormones, those are the chemical the um, chemical messengers, and they pretty much run, right, everything. And our food, um, I'm a culinary nutrition expert, and what that means is I've studied food. And our food really has the power to heal, support, and build our health, along with change our body composition. I like to tell everyone that. Um, and every food has certain vitamins, certain minerals, um, certain macronutrients that support our hormones. And the more we can support our hormones, the better we manage through menopause. So um, why is a plant-based diet better at managing all the symptoms, some of which can be pretty cruel, of menopause rather than a red meat based diet or a you know why i like to call it living protein um i'm never going to be vegan i know myself it just ain't going to happen but i had told you during our talk that i am easing into it so i'm up to about four days a week where it is veg day it's vegetarian day there is no animal-based protein and yet my body feels better as an older female body but i don't really know why so i'm going to ask you why is that vegetarian diet preferable and then i'm going to ask you the big question is micronutrients macronutrients what are you talking about so let's go first for why a vegetarian, at least vegetarian, if not vegan, diet is going to help you through menopause, support you better than a red meat, chicken, fish diet. Yeah. Well, one, I think one of the most common symptoms in menopause, right, is hot flashes. Um, I mean, I think every woman, whether it's mild or severe, understands hot flashes. Well, now it's known, whereas soy was considered very um, bad for us, we now know the opposite. Um, soy is actually a phytoestrogen, and it actually has been proven to kind of reduce your menopause symptoms. It's individual, but by in hot flashes, by like 70 to 80%. That is huge. That hot flashes are one of the main symptoms that most women have. And so soy, which you can get from tofu, edamame, um, tempeh, you can get it from different things, is really a game changer in menopause. Um, fiber, which you get from your grains, a lot of your vegetables, even your fruits, that helps move, um, keeps your digestive tract moving. Oh. Now, if you are taking 
hormone replacement therapy. And on top of it all, you're putting a lot of soy in your diet. Soy is a, a vegetarian, a, I don't know how to say it, veg, vegetable form of estrogen. And I know for me, having gone through breast cancer, that is a big no. So just your opinion. Do you think that, I get it, if you sort of flood your system with estrogen-based plants, you're going to feel better. But I don't know if that is in any way inducting the possibility of breast cancer or any of the female organ cancers into your system. What is your opinion on that? Well, first I'm going to caveat, I'm not a doctor. Yeah, so, not, and not. I am bio-individuality. So your body is different than my body. And what might be an indicator of it presenting itself in the, in the cancer gene can be different. But from what I've read, um, the answer is no. Like if, you know, we lose, you know, when our ovaries shut down, we lose estrogen like that, it stops. And so soy as a phytoestrogen helps bring that back. And so for somebody who, I'm just going to say somebody who's healthy, who doesn't have any, um, of the uh, recurring gene for cancer or something, it shouldn't be a problem at all. I am almost 60. I eat so much soy, it's crazy. And I have no issue, none at all. I get checked all the time. So it's very, you know, I'm always gonna say, go with bio-individuality. I don't like to do hard stops on anything. I think that's dangerous, um, but I don't think we need to negate it like it was. It was really made out to be a villain and it's actually not. It's actually very good for us. But I will say this is where the other part of the plant-based diet. So a lot of women or, you know, they're who are very meat focused, maybe are not eating enough of vegetables and grains. So they're not getting in the fiber. We have to pay attention to fiber. So if you get enough fiber in and you are consuming soy, that fiber is helping remove the uh, excess toxins from your body. Uh. Ah, you know, I really never thought about fiber in quite <gasps> so that way, important. but that's brilliant. It's actually like uh, some kind of metaphorical boat that is getting loaded up with toxins and making its route out of your body. Wow. Yeah. Uh, you know, there are, there are entire days, I have to say it, if I'm having... Um, a plant-based day, and I usually figure out some way to cook it where I really enjoy it and, and don't miss the animal protein at all. But on animal protein days, I am ashamed to say there are those are days where I get virtually zippo in terms of vegetables or fibers. And yeah. so I take all these vitamins to make up for it, because at least I'm willing to admit my weaknesses, right? Yeah. But I'm going to ask you now, what, what are we talking about with micronutrients and macronutrients, and why should I care, and what are they? Oh, my favorite. Okay, so our micronutrients, we will start there. That is probably what most people are, oh, 
what most people are familiar with. Sorry about that. Um, and that is really our vitamins, our minerals that come from, you know, vegetables, fruits. Um, and that's where you're getting your like vitamin K, vitamin E, vitamin A. Th those are your micronutrients and your macronutrients. Every single thing that we eat, even our fruits and vegetables is classified as one of three macronutrients. And it's either a protein, a carb, or a, or a fat. And we have found, we know that when you get these macronutrients in the right proportion for your body, for your age, for your lifestyle, for your height even, when you find that, when you have a right balance, everything in your body thrives better. Your hormones thrive better. Your muscles build better. Your fat releases better. Um, so your proteins, your fats, and your carbs. Most women, whether they're vegan or not, when they start working with me, are under eating protein. Um, and so this is always the one I know, right? You're like, how can that be? You know, especially if they're eating chicken yeah. and they're eating meat. Um, yeah. They, they really are. They think they're eating more than they actually are. Um, and they think they need less than they do. And protein is really our backbone. Um, it's now um, muscle is being touted as the organ of longevity. And how do you get muscle? You have to eat enough protein. But if I wanted to, let's say, convert to be vegan, um, and really and truly, I would I would aspire to that. I just know me too well, yeah, um, to think that that's a hundred percent possibility. What if I was just going for veg? What would, where would I be getting my protein? Because I hear the same thing all the time, not from experts like you, just from friends who say, especially women around my age group, and let's say from 60 to 80, and it's like, oh, you can't survive without red meat. Oh my God, what are you doing to yourself? You're gonna die. Okay, so I say, oh, but I have all these vegan friends and they're thriving. Oh, no, no, no. All right, so if I decide that Diane Gilman really is always going to be too young to be old through being vegan. Where are my protein animal substitute sources? What should I be eating more of in the kingdom of plant rather than animal? Where would I go? I know beans, but I'm not totally a fan of beans, but okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Black beans, I can do it with yellow rice and fried plantains. I had that the other day and I was like at a Cuban restaurant. I was in seventh heaven. But um, what else besides beans is yeah. provide? Yeah, great question. Great question. First, I'm going to say to everyone who kind of thinks that, you know, vegans are malnourished and they're not getting their protein. <laughs> I say, seek and you shall find. Um, if you go and look now, it's game. Well, one, there's a documentary called Game Changers, which literally 
disputes all this and shows how powerful athletes are and how we really can thrive um, and do thrive on a plant-centered macronutrient diet. But you can get your protein. So for me, um, I consume, I would tell people I consume anywhere from 120 grams to 140 grams of protein a day. Um, and so that can be more than somebody else might need or want. But, but from what? From what? Pardon? Where do you get your protein? Because you're yes. bigger. So I get it from tofu, from tempeh, from satan. Um, I'm not gluten-free. Satan is a, a gluten product. From a product called satan, from a product called soy curls, um, I get it lent lentils and black beans in the bean world are kind of the Mac daddy peas, lima beans. Um, all of our veggies and fruits are mostly our veggies also have some sort of protein in them. Uh, nutritional yeast, which some of the name doesn't appeal to many people is a great source of protein, hemp seeds, yeah. chia seeds, and you do not have to sit there and food combine. We don't, I don't have to eat one thing with another to make sure I get my protein. Um, I just track and I make sure I'm getting enough and I have no problem. I also am very open. I supplement with a protein powder um, every day. So I do have a protein shake or a protein pudding like every single day. Um, and I take an, a, a certain aminos before my workouts, which aminos are the building block of protein. So I just amino take amino acids, right? Yeah. So I take a little supplement, but, um, but that's it. And I, I get plenty. Because I think it's, it, you have a lot of voices coming at you when you decide that you want to go a different route. And the reason why I want to get much more into the vegetarian realm of diet rather than the animal protein is just for an older body at 78 it's easier to digest yes. my body almost if my body had a voice it would be going thank you thank you this is so much easier for me and i can feel it and i can you know Sometimes when you change to something like vegetarian, you sort of have this attitude like, ha, 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 I did it, and I'm so self-disciplined, and I'm so cool. But for me, I think also coming out of having breast cancer and being at a hospital, Mount Sinai in New York, they literally took a 23 or 30-foot-high wall in their grand hall and like the Ten Commandments, they carved into stone what you should not be doing. And one of them, of course, was do not eat red meat. And another one was if you can go vegetarian, do it. And what I learned that really motivated me, Nancy, was um, because I took hormone therapy way too long, uh, and purely out of vanity and, and wanting to have the energy to be on TV constantly, um, I found that 
we give so many hormones to the animals we consume that that and and I also had a, a medical contributor to my life who had a daughter and she loved milk and they gave her tons of milk as a child. And when she was nine, she was diagnosed with leukemia. And one of the oncologists was bold enough and honest enough to say, you flooded your daughter's system with hormones because that's what we give cattle and chicken and veal to grow faster, bigger, plumper, fattier. And so when you are consuming any of that, you're putting those hormones from those animals directly into your own system. So that I can tell you, hands down, freaked me out. And I thought, okay, okay, okay. Today is the day I stop eating red meat. And I, I actually, maybe I eat red meat once a month and sometimes I'm just at a luncheon or something and I'm corralled into it. But, um, you know, I think that's something that we should talk about and emphasize because people also say, I can't believe the amount of money, Diane, you spent on organic food. But if you saw the kind of pesticides they put on vegetables, I, I think in this day and age, you have to consider all those points before you decide what you're going to put in your body, what you are going to ingest. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm one to the whole point of the hormones and the animals. So true. Um, but also with dairy, you know, going back to menopause oh, and yes. everything. You know, these dairy cows, God bless them, they're, you know, they're just constantly impregnated, impregnated, impregnated. And so their hormones are at an all-time high. Well, then when you take yeah. that milk, now you are getting all that hormones. What people do with cheese, now you're condensing all that hormone. So, you know, cheese is one of the hardest things for people to give up. And I'm like, oh, but think about this. Like, you're really ingesting concentrated hormones um from these cows and it just I and most doctors it's one of the first things when you don't feel well they tell you give up dairy um you know i i gave up cheese because it takes so long to digest it and move it through your system and i don't think all that you know i always say to myself okay if you want to melt this cheese just remember this when it's not melted, it's going to be this big, dense, heavy chunk of impenetrable yeah. food in your system. So yeah. that was one of the major things um, from all my doctors was, you know what? Dairy is not only milk. It is cheese. It's hard to support that in your system. It is, and what, of course, they're giving all that cattle is estrogen. And if right. you have any fear of an estrogen-based cancer, like uh, the majority of breast cancer is, and certainly mine was, I am incredibly sensitive about giving up anything 
that is either going to manufacture estrogen or is packed with estrogen. And by the way, somebody gave me a giant basket of cheeses for Christmas, and they're sitting in my refrigerator. The minute we're done with this PC, I'm I'm giving the cheeses away. (laughs) I know. No, no. I took one little bite of each to see what the flavor was. That's it. Okay. So when in your life history did you go vegan? Oh, it's a it's a long story, but I, I actually went vegetarian um, in my very early 20s and it's strictly for the animals. I'm ex- very upfront with everybody. I had, nutrition was not in my wheelhouse. I was like, I went vegetarian for the animals. My goal was to be skinny. That was it. <laughs> like that was how I kind of cruised through life. And I went vegan. Um, when I finally connected, I call them the dairy dots because as a vegetarian, I still ate dairy. So when I finally connected that, and so I've been vegan now for 17 years and then I went plant-based vegan, meaning I switched from the focus being solely on the ethical reasons for the animals and just not paying any nutrition of myself when I went plant-based vegan is when I really started incorporating all the whole foods and things like that. And that was after I lost, um, both my, I lost my husband to geoblastoma brain cancer. And a few years later, I lost uh, my fiance to pancreatic cancer. And I realized it was in those, that is when I really connected everything and went our health is paramount. And these two gentlemen looked very fit on the outside, but their inside was not thriving at all. And I was a single mom and I'm like, I've got to pay attention to my health. I've got to stay around longer for my son. I was in my late forties and I really just went plant-based, like eating grains and everything then. And that's, and then it's just kind of moved forward from there on my education and everything that I've learned. So it's a process. And I tell everybody, honor your process, right? Um, yeah. Don't expect to do it overnight, but you do want to lean into it. If Can I add one thing back to what you were saying with cancer oh, yeah. and whole foods? Yeah. It's not really on the menopause, but Cancer cells thrive in an acidic environment. Whole foods, plants, they can give us an alkalized environment. And that is when our cells are oxygenated and cancer cells cannot thrive. And so much disease is prevented when we get our whole internal system really in this beautiful alkalized state. And that's eating the right amount of your um, micronutrients. That is fascinating because I think that Mount Sinai was one of the only hospitals in the country that if you, as certainly for me, my experience with breast cancer, you had your own personal nutritionist Mm. and you could call that person day or night and ask them, can I eat this? Should I eat this? That's how I, I originally found out about acidic and alkaline, although I'm not great at following it, but I'm going to follow it after this podcast. (laughs) And where I found out that so many of the proteins we eat, including chicken, are pushed into ingesting so much Mm -hmm. estrogen on the hormones and your 
getting all of that. And then, of course, the other thing um, I found, and which really shocked me, was sugar, sugar, sugar yes. on everything, including why do you love McDonald's French fries? Because yes. they are literally soaked in sugar water and then fried, and the sugar caramelizes um, and gives you a much crispier, um, God, I'm salivating talking about it. Uh, <laughs> a crispier, more Truth. delicious French fry. But, um, you know, Americans are, I think, uh, really used to eating what they want and then going and taking a drug to pay for it later, yes. which is, I, I don't, I, I think that that is just a very dangerous way <laughs> to conduct your everyday culinary life. Here is my final question to you, because I could talk to you forever. I don't have the time or the facility that you have for having gotten into researching all of this. And yeah. so I'm going to ask you as an everyday citizen who wants to live long and knows that living long means you must live healthful and you've got to be very proactive with your own body and your own diet. Yeah. How do I figure all of this out? How do yeah. I start even? Yeah. Yeah, such a love it. Honestly, start simple. It, I, I tell everyone, even though I have the title culinary nutrition, I am not a cook. I am not a chef. I am not any of that. I am the most simple person in the kitchen. And I honestly just kept it simple. I'm like, I need greens. I need some grains, some beans, and some protein. And just keep it, keep it simple. Follow somebody who, um, you know, get some recipes, lean into it. Like you were saying, lean into it, choose one meal a day first, maybe then move up to two meals or choose a whole day. Don't expect to overhaul overnight, unless you've been like dictated to overhaul overnight. But I mean, just be kinder, but lean into it. The more you can, it'll all come. And um, if I have a great resource, literally it's free. Um, anyone who wants it, I can send you the link. It's um, how to transition to a plant-based diet, tips and tricks, and it's got pantry staples that you might want to have on hand and some recipes. But if you have your pantry, I really think this is the key. If you have your pantry stocked, with grab foods. So, I mean, a can of black beans, some pre-washed greens, a few nuts and seeds, you know, you some tempeh or tofu or lentils, you know, you can put together something really fast. Um, I feel like a lot of people think when they go plant-based that suddenly, suddenly their um, inner chef wants to come out, whether, whether they were not a cook before. And it's like, nope, leave that alone. Be simple. And it'll all come, but it's so, it's so worth it. Cause right. You, you know, and your health are worth it. Um, we had a guest on who was very much about how you are, what you eat. Um, and I was so shocked to find out that mushrooms and white onions, well, both of which I like, but it never occurred to me that mushrooms would be 
such a cornerstone of being vegetarian. So what I do, because I'm the lazy cook. First of all, I was a career woman all my my life. I'm the lousiest cook on earth, okay? But I figured out that if you buy a food, like I'll buy hale and hearty soup, lentil, mushroom yeah. lentil, and I will saute extra portobello mushrooms and onions and make it, put that in and make it much richer and also much more plant-based, that is super satisfying to me. So I say to the audience, if you're a lousy cook like Nancy and I are, <laughs> you may want to start out with something that is made in small batches. I don't buy anything. I, I really don't go for canned, but food made in small batches, which may be going to your local Whole Foods and buying uh, one of their pre-made soups of the day and then adding yeah. to it or I will have chia seeds um, every morning and I just will fold that into a piece of health bread that has vegan butter on it and it's delicious. You will find ways to take primary, really healthy foods. And uh, you know, when somebody said to me, you should be eating chia seeds, it was, I don't like chia seeds. But the real truth was I had never tried chia seeds. I just didn't like the idea of yeah. chia seeds. So yeah. I guess my closing remark is give vegetarianism a chance. You can be totally surprised by how much you may start to love your vegan vegetarian days. I, I'm trying to do four a week now. I'm, I'm basically got three a week under my belt. And I'm amazed. I'm really like blown away how much my body loves it, how much I'm enjoying it. And I'm sort of discovering, like today, I'm going to do a saute of small little golden potatoes, white onions. Uh oh, I'm mushrooms and zucchini and yum. You know and what? Let me add, like to add to the simplicity, use frozen yeah. vegetables. Like there's no there's no shame in frozen vegetables and buying things pre-chopped. Like don't complicate it. Yeah, um, yeah I do right? that too. Yeah, like I will buy um Whole Foods ready-made chicken soup, but then I'll buy mirepoix which is a combination of celery, onion, and carrots, all fresh, but pre-chopped. Yeah. And I can, yeah, I can put together a chicken soup that tastes so authentic, like grandma just toiled for 12 hours to make it in a matter of 20 minutes. And it is delicious and nutritious. And one thing I learned is you cannot cheat an aging body. Your body will come back and tell you. Your hair yes. will be lackluster. Your skin will look clouded. You won't have the energy. Treat your, I always say, Nancy, treat your body as good as you treat your car and you're way ahead of the game. <laughs> it sounds <laughs> terrible, but it's true. Nancy, leads, gribble. This was 
fascinating. And I thank you so, so much. You solved some real mysteries for me, like <laughs> macronutrients versus <laughs> micronutrients. And we will give you, audience, all the information you need for Nancy if you want to find out more. And truly, Nancy and her philosophy of diet based on vegetables is a true yellow brick road to always being too young to be old. And with that, I say a million thank yous. I could have talked to you forever. Ditto, ditto. Thank you very much for having me. I enjoyed it. And I also could talk forever. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for listening to Too Young To Be Old podcast. The episode may be over, but the fun doesn't have to stop here. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at The Diane Gilman, or visit our website, thedianegilman.com. If you like the show, leave us a rating or a review, and subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And until then, don't forget, age is just a number. Together, we'll prove that we are all too young to be old.